You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Brady Burkett, and today I'm joined by Priyank Singh, co-founder and CTO of Stilt. Really excited to have you join the show, Priyank. And Stilt's been in the market for about five years, providing loans to immigrants in the U.S. And we also want to talk today a little bit about one of Stilt's newest products, Onbo, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Priyank, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brady. Thanks for inviting me. So to, to kick this off, Priyank, it'd be great if you could give our listeners a background about yourself, how you got into the fintech world, and what prompted you to build Still. Yeah, um, so uh, my background, I moved to US in 2009 for grad school. Um, I went to Columbia University. And uh, so when you, when you are an immigrant and when you move to US, there's a lot of financial fintech difficulties you face actually. My first credit card was $200, which was a um, secured credit card. That means I have to put down $500 for deposit. Getting education loan was nightmare. I was not able to get any education loan in the US, irrespective of going into a very good university. And, um, and when I graduated, I, I worked at Microsoft and uh, I was not able to buy a car back then because I did not have long enough credit history. So in terms of background, um, I'm, I'm coming from computer science background, um, worked at Microsoft and Amazon. Uh, but in early days, when I moved to US, um, I saw this being an immigrant and being uh, having a limited credit history create a lot of hassle for someone who are actually credit worthy to be, they don't have access to any financial product. So this thing got stuck with me for a very long time. And in 2015, when I moved to Bay Area, me and my co-founder Rohit, whom we both were at Columbia University, we both were talking and, you know, every weekend or every night we were trying to come up with a new business idea on what to work next. And uh, we realized that we were talking about it and we just thought about how we met each other. It was Rohit was looking for an apartment and he could not rent an apartment because he did not have SSN and credit history when he moved to US. And he ended up doing couch surfing in my apartment because I, I put down deposits, so I had apartment. And we were just trying to figure out, you know, uh, this problem that we both faced, it might be everyone else might be facing the same problem. And um, the initial intent was to help every international students who are coming to US who don't have great history to help them to get products, which typically no one else will offer them. So that's how Stilt was born. We started this company uh, and um, the idea was we'll lend out money to uh, students or an immigrant who need money without credit history. And um, I still remember the first $5,000 came out of my saving. So in the early days, uh, when we were lending out money, we needed debt capital and we didn't raise any money back then. So I put down all of my saving on the platform. Then Rohit put down all of his saving. Then we got more folks. Uh, we reached out to our friends. We reached debt capital from them. 
and we use that money to lend out to others. And um, after that, it picked up. We got into Y Combinator. We raised more money. We raised more debt capital, and slowly, still became a thing. At the moment, we we have customers from about 180 countries who have taken like hundreds of millions of dollars of loan, and that was the trigger for us to get into fintech. Uh, purely the problem that we both faced, we are trying to solve that. It's a great story. I can't imagine how, how nervous you must have been when you were lending out from your own savings account, or, or maybe it just showed you had faith in your risk scoring algorithm, right? So you knew that that money was good. And I think this is a a, a issue that you know a, Americans don't really consider unless you are an immigrant to the country. We see more so recently than ever credit flying around and, and the money is chasing consumers and businesses looking to be deployed. And you know, on the one side, you have an abundance of credit products out there, which we'll talk about a, a little bit later on and what still is doing to help the next wave of, of credit products launch. But then at the same time, there are people, like you mentioned, Columbia University graduates, employees at Microsoft who can't buy a car. So the challenge was there, obviously still met the, the gap in the market can you talk a little bit about what you built at Stilt that enabled you to serve this market that was missing from the existing, the legacy infrastructure? What what were the missing pieces? And can you tell us a little bit if now that Stilt has figured out how to build it out, will Bank of America start issuing credit using your algorithm, or or, or how does how does this all fit together in the in the broader context? That's a really good question. So at high level, the way you want to think about it is um, all the financial insurers in the US, they they build their risk model based on FICO, credit history, and factors. So what immigrants don't have when they move on day one, they don't have credit history in the US. Even like six months, one year, it's very tough to build a decent enough credit history so that you can be approved for for like let's say $40,000 loan. So the biggest missing piece for these big FinTech or big banks was that they were not able to underwrite on the shorter credit history. And uh, they were not able to take that risk because the way they have built the infra, the way they have built the risk model is more tailored towards resurgent. And um, it's not like they cannot do it, but uh, for any bank, for any financial institute, if they are adding, changing their risk for a specific segment, they have to change it for everyone because that's what the regulations are. You cannot you know, pick and choose and have a very specific criteria for one set of users and you can have a different criteria for others. So the opportunity is that there's this big segment which is super underserved because they don't have long enough credit history and nobody was looking at them. Also, in recent years, a lot of fintech innovation happened, uh, like online lending, P2P lending, and all those things, which has enabled for companies like us to go more digital and start lending out money. So combination of these things was what we built as still. First, we, we, we started learning on how to underwrite this segment who don't have any traditional credit history, who are moving from one country to another country like how to underwrite, uh, um, how to look at visa, how to look into the job, how to look into their bank transaction, how to look into their limited history. And those components, looking at someone as holistic, as an immigrant, was the risk model that we built. And uh, we combined like where they studied outside US, 
uh, we combine the data what they were doing outside us before coming to us what they are doing in the us now what is their future look like that's the great risk was the one major piece the second big important thing is like how to acquire these customers was very different you cannot acquire these customers in the same way the way you are acquiring a us agent like we we ended up creating a lot of content educational content for these people because anybody when they are moving from one country to another country what they do first they search on google like oh you know where i'm going to stay what should i bring what is it going to be super warm or is it going to be super cold they ping their friends and ask like hey you know i am moving to new york what should i think about before moving to these things so the customer acquisition channels are also fundamentally very different for this segment so we ended up creating this end to end pipeline on how to acquire these customers in a very unique way how to and cost effective way and then how to underwrite them was is the basic um, secret sauce that still if uh, i have to say that and we scale our company um, like that did a lot of interesting things did a lot of interesting partnership to acquire these customers and and you've been in the market for a number of years now you've mentioned some of the growth and and congratulations on the success it's still can you uh tell us a little bit more about the products that you offer to to users at still so um at the moment um as still um we are doing unsecured loan is um up to $40,000 for 36 month it ranges from 1 to 36 uh, uh 1 to $36,000 for anyone from day 1 to as long as they're in the us and we started with immigrants but at the moment we have us citizens uh, refugees daca holder asylum holder like very different part of the society who typically don't get access to these financial product so that's that's at a still side on the consumer side what we have yeah and it makes sense right like just just being able to look back into the consumer's history prior to coming to the country to evaluate that risk but it it strikes me as similar to some of these companies emerging on the B2B side if you're an online storefront the banks don't know how to underwrite you for a commercial loan because there's no hard asset there's no storefront there's no you know if you're if you you're selling online widgets you don't have factories so so they don't know how to process that and it it it's great that you were able to take advantage of that opportunity and ultimately bring the solution to market for immigrants who are credit worthy but didn't have the exact data points that fit into to the document that you fill out when you go to the bank and ask for a loan. And Priyank, I know recently still has made a lot of noise about a new product that you've launched called Onbo. Can you tell our listeners what Onbo is all about and how it came to be? Yeah. So, um as you mentioned like you know we have been around for about 5 years. So, during that time what we did we learned a lot about how to build a credit product either it can be loan line of credit and how to how to launch a fully compliant product uh with the licenses compliance piece risk model debt capital together and uh what we during last 5 years uh, me and rohit we both were are very deeply involved with uh, fintech in in fintech communities we a lot of founders reach out to us about hey you know how to launch a lending company how to launch a bill credit product how to launch a bnpl product and um over the time we have educated a lot of founders as well as we have built a lot of infra 
And eventually um, what we decided, like whatever infra that we have built on the compliance piece, on the entire credit infra piece, we can start exposing it to these founders who want to do a lot more creative stuff. So Onbo is basically, um, in a nutshell, basically is you can launch any credit product without any bank sponsorship. You will be completely backed by Onbo, which is based on the Stilt license. If you want to launch a loan product, if you want to launch a buy now, pay later product, you can work with the Stilt to launch that product. We take care of all the compliance piece, risk compliance, underwriting if you need, or debt capital if you need. And it, it's a full package because right now in the industry, there are different companies are trying to do different, different things, but there's not a single solution through which you can launch a fully compliant lending product right now. And that's what Onbo is. All of our learning for last five years, we have productized it and started exposing it to others so that they can serve it to the entire U.S. community. I love that story for a couple of reasons. Number one, when folks reach out to you and ask for, for help, you're doing a lot of work for free and, and you turn around and said, well, I, why don't we just expose this by API and then you can pay us a monthly fee. So, so you're not doing all this hard work for, for free. Uh, you're actually able to launch them quicker and get paid for it. And for the second time, you and your co-founder Rohit took what you were experiencing in your day-to-day life realized there was something in the market for it and, and expose it to, to the market. And we're able to create a new product or create a new business first with access to capital being immigrants. And second with other founders in the credit space, reaching out to you and asking how you were able to stand up a successful product. So, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. And I think it, it kind of, it, it aligns with what we're seeing in the space more popular is probably the rise of banking as a service, but in the investment space, we see brokers as a service and it makes sense in the lending space. We're going to see some of these credit as a service. And, and I know you're focused on both the tech stack as well as the debt capital piece. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about Onbo's customer base? I want to, I want to understand how it is to manage a company with, with two really different business models, but first, can you just share a little bit about who those customers are and what products you're enabling them to stand up? Yeah. And to be honest, to our surprise, uh, when we started, when people started talking about Onbo, we, we are seeing a lot more use cases than originally what we started with. So in recent months or recent year, what, what is happening? There are a lot of fintech and non-fintech companies, they want they are trying to launch more credit products actually. And these credit products can be buy now, pay later, or they want to launch built credit product where they are giving out a debit card and uh, where their customer base is using that debit card to build their credit history. There are companies who want to increase their sale and they want to actually just give out loan to these consumers or help them in one way or the, uh, like we are talking to uh, one of the provider, they um, they just want to do the down payment for, um, you know, medical expense and so on. So there's a wide variety of companies that we are dealing with underneath the infrastructure is same, uh, where we have our lending piece, where we have our license piece, but the companies are like all, all across the board. These are FinTech, non-FinTech who are just trying to serve their customer by giving them more credit, either in terms of line of credit or loan. Other set of examples can be, the, it's very interesting you touched on BAS. So there are a lot of neobanks right now in the market 
who are using that banking infra now they want to do more and because they got the customer base now they want to add additional product like line of credit or loan or bill credit they are also reaching out to us for the same purpose because they have the working bank they have the working customer base but they don't know how to launch credit product and that's what the value what onbo is bringing to the on the table like look these are the apis these are the compliance you can use it to launch really fast yeah and it, it it feels to me there's a dynamic in consumer lending space today whether it's good or bad i don't know it feels like there's a lot of capital chasing consumers and there's no shortage of companies springing up to to be able to deploy it whether it's a new customer acquisition strategy like you mentioned you're able to do successfully it's still a new segment of the market that's untouched a new underwriting mechanism to to enable underserved consumers to get credit but there's a lot of capital chasing consumers and and you're enabling the next wave to to spring up products so one one element that i think would be interesting to learn more about is you're able to offer onbo to other companies because you built your own infrastructure at still meanwhile these other companies are now licensing your infrastructure at onbo so you kind of are supporting one side of the build versus buy argument by building everything at still while you're supporting the other side of the build versus buy argument by licensing everything at onbo how do you view that with your customer base how are you able to convince them that licensing is the way to go? Um, do any of them have hesitancy or, or do they think that they need to build something because you're successful building it at still? So that's a very interesting argument. Typically when I talk to founders, I start like, look, don't do the same mistakes that we did. Yeah. Uh, being naive, we ended up building a lot of infrastructure and um, the the most most of those infra for us it was very unique position because when we were trying to do this thing um, immigrant space was not that popular in like 2015 16 it was like just not picking up at that time so even when we are trying to reach out to banking partner when we are trying to reach out to debt capital provider they were still skeptic at that time so it forced us to build a lot of things ourselves it forced us to build our muscles but now because first of all it still has been successful so when i talk to these founders and i share our story with them like look we have done hundreds of millions of dollars so you are not gonna be the first beta tester user or something we have done it so you'll be using the same infra that we have built for stealth so we are using um stealth as a dog fooding for onbo and that helped them to be more relieved like you know this there's a product which is like 100x more than what we are thinking so if of infra is supporting that it should be should be able to support us also like these companies uh, when they come to us they would have talked to a lot of their legal counsel talked to banks and a lot of other partners and they also know right now in the market there's no solution or there there are very few solution i will say where either you go out and get your own lending license to for every state in the US to launch a product, or you try to go with a banking partnership, which takes pretty long. So that's the value proposition. What we are bringing is like, look, still there's not a bank. We own the license, but our regulations are a little less restrict than banks. And 
we are doing it for a very long time. So if you are using it still, it will help you to launch your product faster because you as a company should focus on your product, focus on your consumer, not trying to figure out every single license and regulation piece for loan or line of credit into every state. And people understand it, to be honest, like, you know, with the banking, with the banking infrastructure as a service, it's, it's, it's very, um, it's relatively more receptive. People are more acceptable to this fact that, oh, you know what? The compliance is something that we don't want to get into. We want yeah. to build product and do a lot more things with the product. And I think, I think there is uh, a truth in there, regardless of what segment of the fintech worlds you're talking about. There are certain elements of a product that can be contracted out to vendors whether it's Ambo providing your lending stack or a banking as a service providing a banking stack or, or a company like Currency Cloud providing a payment stack. But then it's really important to, to focus on those things that differentiate the company themselves or the, the entrepreneur needs to focus on, whether it's the branding, the customer acquisition strategy, the underwriting strategy, specifically speaking to these credit products. So what, what have you seen from your customer base as the key focus for the founders that Onbo doesn't help with and, and probably shouldn't help with? Is it, would you say, is it customer acquisition strategy? Is it targeting new segments of the market? What, like, what are these founders focus on that you enable to, to free up their time to go and do? So there are three parts to that answer. First, for some of the product, we are increasing their speed to go to market. Because if they are going to go with owning a license or going with the banking partnership, it will take longer. But if with Onbo, they are able to go to market really fast because we own licenses into a bunch of states. So that's the first thing. Second, stickiness of a lot of product is increasing. For instance, like neobanks, you know, uh, when we give out loan, the money goes into the bank account, which increases the deposit for the neobank which increases the transaction flow for the customer and the bank. So they are going to get more revenue out of it. So it is also being used as a lead gen and increasing more loyalty for the customer. Third is uh, cases like buy now, pay later, where there's a customer base, they are doing transaction, but they can go further if we, they get credit of $5,000 or $10,000. So by enabling them, they, it's a win-win situation for all three party because, you know, uh, because the platform which is going to use us, they're going to make more money by lending out capital because they're having more sales. Users are able to achieve things that they were not able to do it before. And we are able to empower both user and the platform to achieve what they want to. And the third segment is mainly, so it's pretty interesting. The first two segment is more mainly fintech products who are trying to launch fast, who are trying to increase loyalty. The third segment of the users are those which are non-fintech based. Who are trying to increase their sale? Like uh, we are, we are talking to a couple of customers who are who don't understand. Their expertise lie more into different industry, like uh, wedding platform or sales platform for a consumer. They, they, their expertise is not in fintech, but by in a, with Onbo, they are able to increase their sale because they are able to outsource the entire compliance and prop. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. The other aspect of introducing Onbo's product to still business is introducing a different business model. Still, 
your B2C, you have acquisition channels. I think you, you kind of hinted it. online search was a big avenue and you're really looking to sign up immigrants as they come into the US. That's a very different go-to-market strategy from Onbo where you're looking to work with the next age of credit products, whether you mentioned a, a non-fintech company or you could probably just make a list of, of Y Combinator companies these days and, and have uh, 10 good sales prospects right there. So how do you manage the business itself from sales to customer support to marketing where you have such different channels? And and I know it's still it's been in the market for a while, but but to go through this as a five or six-year-old company is still relatively early on to manage that. Yeah, that's a, a very uh, interesting question. So, um, I mean, there are a couple of philosophy behind it. First of all, still is, I mean, I, I know at high level, we have different customer base, uh, which is business and consumer, but building that product is basically still is um, using a lot of what we have built at on. So it helped us to synchronize the product. Stilt is eventually a customer for Onbo, uh, which helped us to streamline our product development, also engineering effort. And we are able to see the problems, what our Onbo client will eventually see after one year. And we are able to improve our infra and able to educate them beforehand that, you know, with this, uh, we can, uh, with this infra, we can basically help you to see things what you will be seeing in next one year. Mm -hmm. But the, also the second part is like, look, being very honest, we are, me and Rohit, we are also learning a lot as we are growing the company. What we learned in last five years to get product fast and get to a high speed product development and sales, we need a very amazing team. So we, we ended up hiring very good people for Onbo and you know, they are, we are learning from them. They are helping us to grow this product as well. So at this stage, um, still is helping us to build Onbo better. And we have developed a very good team for Onbo as well as still who are helping us to grow both product very fast. Yeah. Um, and a similar examples has been in the industry, like, you know, Genfits, Gusto, these companies are also did something similar line. Like they have lot of products they were trying to develop in parallel. They have one consumer side and one business side, of course. But something to think about, like when we are building a company, at high level, it does look like that the product is very different. But when you go into nitty gritty, we can make it work with a stilt and onboard. Yeah, it, it's interesting to hear. And that's something that I'd be curious to follow as, as you grow both sides of the business and how you manage that growth. Um, well, one other impact to the business that I want to ask you about by introducing Onbo as a new product is in deploying your debt capital, you now have what would seem to me as a uneducated individual in the, in the credit space, a more diversified loan book uh, where your customers of Onbo, uh, the, those that do use your debt capital are lending to different consumers with different underwriting mechanisms to, to the ones you have It's still um, number one, is that is that true? How do you view that impacting your balance sheet as a whole? So um, the way we are doing debt capital is basically we are bringing a debt capital providers. So it's not exactly still debt capital that we have raised. We want to give it out. We have some equity capital that we can put or we bring a debt capital partner who can help us to 
about that to these platforms. The, the eventual goal is basically to grow these companies who are on our platform. And the best way to grow these companies are when they're at a stage when they need 50 or 100 millions of dollars to connect them to the right partner who can grow with them. So we are helping them to jump start their business, but eventually the goal is to connect these both sides of the equation and let them work with it so that they both can grow with each other. With still what we ended up doing, we ended up building very good relationship with that capital investor, which is a very different community than equity investors. And we know what they are looking for. And they feel very comfortable when these companies are using our compliance stack and these companies are using our risk model because that those things has been vetted already. So if a third company is going to them saying like, look, I'm using Onbo, which you guys have seen before, you have seen the risk model, you have seen the compliance, and this is our segment, can we get that capital? It helps with the conversation yeah. much better. Yeah, it's interesting. It makes sense. And, and now you have a network of uh, companies or banks or, or credit providers that are um, eager to provide that debt capital. So it's probably a good good network to grow and, and a good good team to be working with as well. So you know, I think as we wrap up the conversation, it's it's an interesting one where still it's kind of sitting at an intersection of a lot of different fintech trends. Um, providing the embedded credit as a service model with Ambo, still growing as a relatively young company in providing its own capital to immigrants and and participating in that democratization of of access to capital um, and overall just participating in this growth of credit across the fintech world. You mentioned looking into working with non-fintech providers to, to bring credit to their customer base, um, which we're seeing as, as an ongoing trend across a lot of different fintech products. So Priyank, I'm curious, as we wrap up, feel free to talk about Stilt specifically, or if you want to make it about the space in general, but, but give us some thoughts as we look forward into the next half of, of 2022 and beyond in, in the world that, that Stilt is helping to shape. So... There are a couple of things there. One is that um, in recent year, banking, fintech infra in general has picked up and which it can be regulation change, it can be innovation on fintech side, it's combination of things that has enabled us to launch these platform or these APIs basically, which can be used by others and innovate on the product. I, I really think that trend is gonna keep continue and keep growing. The industry might evolve into different segment, like credit is one of the big segment, crypto is another big segment which is gonna come. There are a lot of providers are gonna come into the market who are gonna say like, look, use our APIs, use our platform and enable your customer base to do five more things that will help your customer base as well. It will help you. I think that's the trend where we are moving uh, forward. Um, obviously, um, in recent years, we also are seeing a lot more um, immigrant focus and cross-border focus companies coming in. And there are a lot of innovative models are coming in the market. Like, oh, we are trying to open a cross-border bank account with high APR specific to a particular ethnic group. There are a lot of companies are going in that direction as well. It will be very interesting to see how both 
infrastructure piece and the cross-border piece is going to grow. I think there are a lot of innovation needs to go into both space even now. And all the companies are in very early stage. They are trying and exploiting a lot of nitty-gritty of the way things are working. And I think in later part of 2022 and even the next year, these things are still going to grow. We are in very early days of seeing uh, infrastructure and cross-border play right now. Well put, Priyank. Really appreciate you coming on to the show. For folks who are listening and want to learn more, I would recommend you go check out uh, Priyank posts on LinkedIn all about uh, his experience founding Stilt and, and building the product known as Onbo. But Priyank, any other places to plug where folks can can find out more or get in touch? Yeah, I mean, feel free to check out onbo.com and still.com. Those are the great place to start. And also feel free to ping me on LinkedIn or ping us on Twitter, me or Rohit. We'll be happy to reply to you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Priyank. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.